Welcome to Board Game Top Tens, episode 318 for Saturday, January 2nd, 2016. This is the BGG Top 10 edition, a quarterly look at the top 10 ranked games on Board Game Geek. This uh, list has been performed every quarter, going all the way back to January 1st, 2007, so this is nine years in for the top 10 list, and in addition to looking at the quarter-over-quarter performance, I also like to look at the year-over-year performance of the various games within the top 10. In addition, uh, I will also note that way back when this list was first started, Board Game Geek only reported its uh, BGG ratings for each game, which is a a blend of the game's actual average rating of scores from 1 to 10 by its users, and a certain number of dummy votes added to compensate for games that have fewer votes so that their higher ratings don't overpower games that have more votes. Uh, Back when they first started doing this, they only provided an an estimate on this BGG rating to two decimal places. And so I've continued to look at that because that seems like a useful measure. But, of course, for many years, they've also provided it to three decimal places. I'll often refer to both of them as I go through here, and I always hope that it's not terribly confusing, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, this quarter, there is a particular upheaval throughout the top ten, You may already be aware of it because it's relatively big news throughout the Board Game Geek world, but we'll get to that big news story a little later on. First off, we have one new entry in the top 10, which means that we have one that we're having to remove. Two quarters back, Eclipse was number 9. Last quarter, it was number 10. This quarter, it sinks to number 12. Eclipse is designed by Tuko Takokalio, published by Asmodee, and its BGG rating falls to 792, which is down four points year over year, uh, which is actually a moderating of its decline because uh, last, last year it dropped four points, the year before it was seven, the year before that it was also seven. So not terrible, but enough for it to fall out of the top ten. Eclipse had a 15-quarter run in the top 10, so almost four years. It peaked at number 5 back in October of 2012 and spent three quarters there before it began to slowly fade. It hit its peak rating while at number 5 at 8.099. That was in April of 2013, and today would have been good for a very solid number 4, At the time, only number five. After four quarters, an entire year at number seven, sliding three spots down to number ten is Android Netrunner by Richard Garfield and Lucas Litzinger, published by Fantasy Flight Games, with a rating of 7.94. That's a three-point decline from last quarter, 10 points on the year after losing 6 points last year. So really, Android Netrunner's decline is accelerating. Uh, that in its, in its precise 
uh, declining at its precise rating of 7.943. It declines 29 points there, which matches the decline it had last quarter. It's almost certainly a lock to be out of the top 10 next quarter as it lost 29 points, and there's a game behind it at number 11. This quarter is Star Wars Imperial Assault, only 10 points of the precise rating behind. Uh, I would expect Star Wars Imperial Assault to make its entrance into the top 10 probably sometime this month. After two quarters at number 8, sliding back one spot to number 9 is Mage Knight Board Game by Vlada Kvadl, published by WizKids, with a rating of 797. That is stable, quarter over quarter, in the non-precise rating, a two-point gain on the year after only a one-point gain the year before, so quite an impressive and steady performance for Mage Knight. Uh, We'll talk about its precise rating in just a minute after we touch on the number eight game. Uh, In its third quarter on the countdown, climbing one spot again is The Castles of Burgundy by Stefan Felt, published by Alia and Ravensburger, with a rating of also 7.97, and that is a two-point gain. Castles of Burgundy, uh, three quarters ago, was number 11, and then it went to number 10, 9, 8. Uh, It may stick there at number 8 for a quarter or two if it continues its ascent. Uh, There's a bit of a gap between number 7 and number 8. But both the Castles of Burgundy and Mage Knight have ratings of 7.97, so we have to look at that more precise rating to see how they stand. And here we see Castles of Burgundy with a 7.966 and Mage Knight with a 7.965. doesn't get too much closer than that, but there's a 19-point swing in that precise rating. Uh, Castles of Burgundy gaining 13, Mage Knight losing 6. In fact, Castles of Burgundy is the only game within the top 10 to gain rating and to gain position. Uh, Everybody else is losing ground. After three quarters at number 6, sliding back one spot to number 7 is Agricola by Uwe Rosenberg, published by Z-Man Games, with a rating of 802. That's a two-point decline on the quarter, five points over the course of the year. It also lost five points last year and four the year before that. Sixth, or rather seventh, is the lowest position that Agricola has seen since April of 2008, almost eight years ago back before it even had had its domestic release. And its decline is the largest that it has seen since April of 2014, almost two years ago. After five quarters at number five, sliding back one spot to number six is Puerto Rico by Andrea Seafarth, published by Rio Grande Games, with a rating of 803. That's down only three points on the year after a five-point drop the year before that, and four the year before that. Uh, We'll come back again to the precise in just a little bit. Sliding one spot for the second quarter in a row, two quarters back it was number three, last quarter number four, this quarter number five, through the ages, 
A Story of Civilization, or the first edition, by Vlada Kvadl, published by Eagle Games, with a rating of 805. That is down one point on the quarter, three points on the year, after a five-point decline the year before. A very similar track over the last couple of years to Puerto Rico, staying just ahead of Puerto Rico all along. After hitting number three last quarter for the second time, uh, sliding back one spot to number four is Caverna, The Cave Farmers, by Uwe Rosenberg, published by Z-Man Games, with a rating of 806, and that is down one point on the quarter and up one point for the year. Caverna and Through the Ages have been doing a bit of a flip-flop throughout 2015. Caverna has gone from four to three. I'm sorry, it didn't go from four to three. It went from six to three to four to three to four. Uh, So back and forth a little bit, but still staying ahead of Through the Ages. Now, those four games, Caverna, Through the Ages, Puerto Rico, Agricola, are very close with their geek rating. Uh, We're going to go slide into the precise rating now. Here are their precise ratings. Caverna, 8.058. Through the Ages, 8.048. Puerto Rico, 8.034. And Agricola, 8.019. Or, if we want to just look at the significant digits, Caverna, 58. Through the Ages, 48. Puerto Rico, 34. Agricola, 19. All of those were declines over the last quarter. All of them were the largest declines those games have seen in some time. For Agricola, the largest since April 2014. For Puerto Rico, the largest since January 2015. For Through the Ages, the largest since October 2014. And Caverna matched its largest decline from just a couple quarters back in July of 2015. The gap between uh, Caverna and Through the Ages is 10 points of precise rating, which is a slight narrowing of the gap. Last quarter, it was a 12-point gap. This quarter, 10. Between Through the Ages and Puerto Rico, the gap stays at 14. Between Puerto Rico and Agricola, it grows to 15. Now, Puerto Rico Rico and Agricola, uh, if you've been listening to this podcast or simply paying any attention to the ratings, the top 10 on BoardGameGeek, well, I guess for the last 5 to 10 years, you'll have seen that those two have been just in this titanic struggle, uh, one of them trying to get the upper hand. For a long time, Agricola had the upper hand. It hit number one several years ago, and bested Puerto Rico. Then Puerto Rico came back and reclaimed the number one position. And then once Twilight Struggle took over number one, Puerto Rico and Agricola flipped back and forth numerous times as they have slid and been passed by other games like Through the Ages, and now more recently, Caverna and Terra Mystica, uh, Android Netrunner, briefly. But back and forth they have gone. Now, Puerto Rico seems to have finally established dominance in this struggle. Agricola passed Puerto Rico um, in their personal battle in January of 2012 and always held the edge, Puerto Rico trying to get ever closer, until Puerto Rico finally reversed things in April of 2015, a few quarters back. And since then, uh, Puerto Rico's been expanding the gap. 
When it first passed Agricola, the gap was one point of precise rating, then four, then eight last quarter. This quarter, that gap is up to 15, which is significant for these two combatants. Just as there was a significant gap between the games from four to seven and the games at number eight, a gap of five points of non-precise rating or 50 points in the precise rating, there is an even larger gap between Caverna at number four and our game at number three. After four quarters, an entire year at number two, sliding back one spot to number three is Terra Mystica by Jens Drogemuller and Helga Ostertag, published by Z-Man Games with a rating of 8.14. That's flat for the quarter for the second time in a row a four-point gain on the year after a seven-point gain the year before that. But looking into the precise rating, Terra Mystica is at 8.137, which is a four-point decline. Now, last quarter, it had its smallest gain of only six points. But to have a four-point decline is the first time that has happened for Terra Mystica. Is it possible... Terra Mystica has finally reached its peak Board Game Geek rating. Uh, there are indications of that, but we'll have to wait until next quarter probably to get a better grip on whether or not that's true. Now we're up to our number two game. I had, have said uh, throughout this list it's that uh, Twilight Struggle has just been dominant that it looks like no game is ever going to threaten it. In fact, I distinctly remember saying, I haven't gone back to listen to the tape, but I distinctly remember saying on the October edition of the uh, BGG Top 10 edition that it was had this stranglehold on the top, it was going to be number one for the foreseeable future, and there was no game on the horizon that was likely to challenge it. That was October 1st of last year, of 2015. Well, a game arised, arose, arrived, that challenges it. And challenged it in a big way. Because at number two, after 20 quarters, at number one is Twilight Struggle by Ananda Gupta and Jason Matthews, published by GMT Games, with a rating of 8.20, and that is a two-point decline for the quarter, which makes it a two-point decline for the year after no movement last year, and a two-point decline the year before that. Twilight Struggle has been the model of consistency. It went seven consecutive quarters, going up all the way up through last quarter, without losing any ground in its two-digit rating. So this is the first time in two years that it's, there has been a decline in its two-digit rating, which means more than, well, more than six points, at least, in its precise rating. In fact, that two-point decline in its uh, geek rating is the largest it has seen since July of 2009. A massive, massive decline for Twilight Struggle. Without that huge decline, it's unlikely that it would have been unseated for number one. But there it is. 
So if you've been paying attention, you have heard that every game from number two through number seven slid one position. Those games were one through six, respectively, last quarter. The number seven game last quarter went to ten. That was Netrunner. Last quarter's numbers eight and nine flipped places, Mage Knight and Castles of Burgundy. And last quarter's number ten was Eclipse. Which means that we have a new entry, but haven't heard it yet. That's because our new entry, debuting at number one, is Pandemic Legacy by Rob Davio and Matt Leacock, published by Z-Man Games with a rating of 8.21. Edging out Twilight Struggle by one point in the non-precise, and looking at the precise rating, Twilight Struggles sinks to 8.199, Pandemic Legacy 8.214. That's a a distance of 15 points in the non-precise rating. It's really hard to use enough superlatives to describe the performance of Pandemic Legacy, but I'm going to talk about it for a little bit. First off, Pandemic Legacy is the sixth different actual number one game that there's been on BoardGameGeek. The first number one game was Paths of Glory back in August of 2001 when the rating system was initiated. Tigris and Euphrates surpassed it in early 2002. Puerto Rico claimed the throne in late 2002 and held on to it for almost six years until Agricola surpassed it in the summer of 2008, and then Twilight Struggle took the, took the lead on December 9th, 2010. So a little over five years for Twilight Struggle at number one. And now, Pandemic Legacy taking the spot yesterday, right on the day, January 1st, 2016. It was released on October 5th, 2015, less than three months ago. It entered the top 100 on November 2nd, which was in less than a month. That's pretty fast. There have been games that have done it faster, but that's pretty fast. It entered the top 50 three days later. Six days after that on November 11th was in the top 20. Eight days after that on November 19th was in the top 10. So it went from the top, from release to the top 10 in six weeks. Now, the last time we had a game go from release to top 10 quickly was Android Netrunner in late 2012. It saw a soft release at Gen Con that year, a full release on September 7th, and was in the top 10 on December 31st, less than four months. Uh, by comparison's sake, the Castles of Burgundy took a couple of years Imperial Assault, looking to enter next quarter, has been around for a year, uh, and so on. That's, that's more the normal progression. Terra Mystica took at least a year. Android Netrunner did it in four months. Pandemic Legacy did it in six weeks. It was since late 2009, since we saw a game go so fast into the top ten, that was Space Hulk, which went all the way up to number six, in just one month, and then you'll recall a couple months after that, there was a lot of uh, fufura going on about uh, Games Workshop's policies regarding user-created content, and Space Hulk went down to like 
200. The year before that, in late 2008, it took Dominion less than two months to get into the top 10 at number 8. And then if you go back into the more distant past, into archaic times, you can see games like Twilight Imperium, Battle Lore, and Kalos also had extremely rapid rises, but we're talking like 2004-2005 at this point. Most of those games that I just mentioned, Space Hulk, Dominion, uh, Battle Lore, Twilight Imperium peaked around number 6 or number 7. Android Netrunner touched number 4 briefly. Kalis went as high as number 3. Pandemic Legacy jumped to number 3 on December 1st. That was less than two months after its release. It moved up to number 2, battled with Terra Mystica for a little bit, and then made it stick on December 15th. And then, as already mentioned, it captured the top spot on January 1st. Less than three months from release to number one. Now, the only real question is, how high can it go? It managed to capture Twilight Struggle in in its seemingly unassailable position in only three months. Its average rating is very, very strong. It's only going to go up. The only question will be, how high will it go? There is one other thing to address. Every other game in the top ten, save one, Castles of Burgundy, lost ground this quarter. And though clearly, Pandemic Legacy would have reached at least number two, even if no other game had lost ground, it is a little bit suspicious. We've seen ratings bashing before. Most recently, and most dramatically, it happened to Netrunner when it hit number four and then just it just has been dropping like a rock ever since. We saw it with Puerto Rico and Agricola when those two games were going head-to-head and, and going back and forth. And the question then is, is Pandemic's le- Pandemic Legacy's accession the reason behind all these other games having such notable declines? Well, of course we can't say. Uh, Some of them are large, the largest they've seen in a while, but not the largest they've ever seen, with a couple of exceptions. Those top two games, well, I guess number two and number three, Terra Mystica had not had a quarterly decline, although it only lost four points in the precise. But Twilight Struggle, to have its largest drop in over six years, right now, right when Pandemic Legacy is ascending, well, that seems like a little too much coincidence. That seems like a little bit of ratings bashing going on. Now again, even if Twilight Struggle had not lost any ground at all, which is pretty much what it's been doing, uh, losing a point or two, gaining a point or two every quarter, the gap between... the gap between those two games would have been razor thin. And Pandemic Legacy, if not capturing the title yesterday, would probably have done it today or tomorrow or the day after. So really, it was just a matter of time. It was going to happen. That the strength that Pandemic Legacy has. But again, uh, we're going to see how far that can go next quarter. Apologies for the somewhat long and rambling episode. Hopefully it was at least moderately interesting to you, but I felt like 
you know, when you have the first number one game in five years, it's worth talking about. For Saturday, January 2nd, 2016.